What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. Guys, I don't even know what to say going off right now. I, uh, <laughs> I am, I'm not really sure what I expected out of that, but it definitely, uh, definitely wasn't the way it, uh, way I thought it was going to go down. No, that's exactly how I thought it was going to go. I, I don't know what else we could have expected. I mean, the offense looked about how it's been for the last, for the past month. The defense. Playing against that Kyle Shanahan zone run scheme, they look bad. That's about what I expected. And we, matter of fact, our score predictions in the in the, in the group chat earlier were about on par with what we saw today. Like, I mean, I think we hit it right on the head. The, we yeah, don't I match think... up well with the Niners at all. Like that that run de- or that run offense is gonna bowl us over ten times out of ten. And my big hope for the game was to get embarrassed so bad that people start talking about us. And like like Stephen A. and Skip have been the last week, I want more people to talk about how disgusting we are as a franchise so we can finally make some changes. See, that's my thing. I don't think I was necessarily shocked that in terms of how everything went down, more so the fact of like, or about the result, but more so just how it went down. The fashion, which we were embarrassing, was in ways that honestly isn't even beneficial to us to be embarrassing in those ways because I was kind of talking about it like, even this isn't going to get a, uh, you know, rule a one-way ticket out of here. It's going to just, you know, he's going to throw the blame on Baker. He's going to throw the blame on, on the defense falling into apart in the second half, the things he normally throws the defense on or the, the blame on. And that's what, uh that's what really upset me is, you know, we need that one week where he, he Baker does everything right. The defense does well. He just makes a mistake. That's the only thing that's going to get him out of here. I, I, well, I mean, nobody, uh, nobody wants to play for him. Obviously from what we've been seeing, we've lost faith in Matt rule. You, you see him losing his hair on the sideline. He's got those, that bald spot. Now he looks terrible. The pressure is getting to him. I guarantee if he keeps throwing people under the bus, there's no way that they can keep standing up for him and saying like, this is our guy. We're going to ride behind him. It just can't happen. Which is funny because we knew prior to the season, nobody wanted to play, no one to play for him or coach for him. I mean, when you go through the list of OCs that would have been available and you have to settle on Ben McAdoo, which knowing how Ben McAdoo's last stop went, we knew that we knew that wasn't gonna look great. We we were just hoping that oh, it's a veteran guy that's been in the league for a while. We hope we were hoping we could get some some uh, some stability with the offense. But overall, we knew Ben McAdoo wasn't gonna be the guy. And you had guys like Pep Hamilton who said no to interviews. When you have the when you have the hottest young guys denying opportunities to be OCs at at this level of the game, you know nobody wants to play. Nobody nobody wants to coach with you. And you see what happens. The, the 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 routine always goes that things go bad. Rules just rules start to shift blame everywhere else. It's never on him. It's, and, and there's never any real resolutions to it. Nobody wants to play those games, man. And good for them. I mean, unfortunately, guys like Steve Wilkes, who are decorated coaches around this league, were looking for opportunities and took and took what was an opportunity to get back in the league, uh, prove, prove that he could be a great coach. And he's having to do it under a guy that has no business in this game whatsoever. Yeah, I think overall the offense was lackluster. Uh, it was exactly what we thought it was going to be. It was sloppy at best. Baker had a couple of highlights. There was a couple of good passes. I saw he threw to DJ Moore. But outside of that, we continuously run CMC into the ground. Everybody knows who we're going to. We know who we're looking for in the flats. Check down perspective. We, are, we look the same as we've always looked. And it's easy for teams to come in and look like they're having a field day on us period and that's if i see one more time where we run 
uh, this not even the fact that we have these plays because I think the route trees are all right, but the the fact where Baker is checking down to McCaffrey, not even a second into third down and thirteen. That route really does not need to exist because it does nothing for you other than tries to pull a cornerback or a linebacker away from someone else. Mm-hmm. But you watch the plays. Baker's not even taking two seconds to look at anybody else. He's immediately going. And on some plays, there were you know there was some some rush that was coming towards him, but in other plays there wasn't. But he was sending it right to McCaffrey. And yes, McCaffrey's going to pick up eight nine yards, but that doesn't matter to you when it's third and ten or third and thirteen, especially when the offense has decided now it's either going to be yellow bellied and not go for it on fourth and short situations anymore, even though last week that's all they wanted to do, or they're going to you know be sporadic about when they do it. That first fourth down play right off the bat. I mean, you just see McCaffrey got it third and inches, and yeah, he wasn't able to get it. That doesn't mean you don't try. It means you do something else, and and you put you put because this is the 49ers. You have to establish a tone of we're going to come at you because they're not going to let you just walk around and gain yards on offense. Not with that front seven, even without the best defense in the league. Literally, without without Armstead, without Kinlaw, they're still going to run down your throat, and they're they're going to make you fight for every yard. So you shouldn't be expecting to get those easy yardage situations. But to not go for it there. You know, I know your defense just set up a touchdown, but just show some fire. There was no fire. Not that I'm expecting any fire at this point, but like just the entire game. It's just like we're just bending over for him. McCaffrey looked dead out there. He looked at like, I hate to say it, but I don't know if McCaffrey has the juice anymore that he had a couple years ago because when he was making people look stupid out in the flats, like shifting linebackers on a regular basis, he just didn't do that today. He let Greenlaw scoop him up by himself a couple times, and I would have never expected that from Christian McCaffrey. If we can't get him going, we we have way bigger problems than just culture or whatever. No, it goes back. It goes back. It goes back to we need to run just more than just McCaffrey. We talked about this week over week ever since the preseason. I mean, ever since training camp, we went and got Dante Foreman for what? We got we drafted Chuba how Chuba Hubbard for what? I mean, we absolutely just run McCaffrey to the ground. So for him to not have a step, I wouldn't have a step being run as much as he's been run. Mm-hmm. And we continuously run him through the tackles as if he's six foot six, six five, 250 pounds. It, it's, it's, it's not sustainable. And it's been proven that it's not sustainable. And, and I mean, and we, like you said, you talked, you talked about that. I mean, we knew, I mean, I think everybody should have known that McCaffrey isn't saving you anyway. Even if McCaffrey at his peak, again, McCaffrey at his peak isn't saving you when you don't have a sustainable offensive system from the rip. I mean, you don't have a quarterback that at this point, I've watched him let the pressure get to him a couple times to where that ball should have been out a second prior. He's waiting so long. He's He doesn't trust whatever he's seen. He's double-clutching, throwing pick sixes. Uh, uh, pick sixes. I mean, Right now, the guy just doesn't. I mean, right, we don't have a we don't have a guy at the helm that can that can operate offense at an NFL functional level, whether it be the head coach or the OC. It just doesn't look fun. It's just not functional. I mean, I, at this point, again, the only reason why you, you don't play Sam at this point is just because of pride. But when Sam's ready to come back, play him. There's no need. We've seen enough. Mm-hmm. So, so let me hit two points here. First off, with McCaffrey, I agree with you, Sean Thies, that you know even at that point in time in his prime, he wasn't our savior, but it was the fact that you know teams were still scared of dj Moore. teams were still scared that something was going to open up 20 yards behind them so you gotta you know put back a little bit but you look at it, the burst that mccaffrey had you compare it you know to these running backs that have those kind of bursts when they're young and they can fight through because you know three i mean we haven't had the best line with mccaffrey anywhere close to it especially in the run game 
but you think two years ago, not even he was putting, you know, 40 yard runs, 50 yard runs, passing that second level against the Cardinals, the Titans. He was putting those runs together. He's making them, you know, getting that hole, but now there's not even a hole there. And I think it's funny watching, you know, the 49ers play the way they did today, because if you are like us and you've watched enough Panthers football, you can see exactly what the 49ers are doing is just molds of what the Panthers wanted to try to do. You have tight ends that make an impact. You have multi running back systems where guys like Tevin Coleman are putting up three touchdowns in a day coming off the practice squad, not even four days ago. And then you got wide receivers. They don't have big wide receivers. They don't have end zone. They don't have red zone threats. They're going to moss you. They have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, two speedy guys that are just going to run circles around you. Like the Panthers have tried to make work so many times and who do they have at quarterback not a playmaker by any means but there's their second string who was a perennial starter that they brought back after the injury he's not doing anything flashy but he's throwing for a hundred and uh, or he's had 250 yards in this game and two touchdowns because it's easy for him their line is secure and they have a dominant front seven that allows their their defensive backs to be a little you know lackluster or make plays matter when it happens that's quite literally what panthers football is supposed to be that's what they tried to do, and it's what we, you know, pri- we made we prided ourselves on was having multiple running backs that could bruise you in different levels. Two speedy guys that you're going to have to chase after them if you want to tackle them, and then a tight end who's going to dominate you every step of the way. And even I mean, you know, we kept Kittle quiet there for a little bit. Debo did a great job, or excuse me, Debo or Debo was kept quiet by JC pretty much all day, and we'll get back to that in a sec. But going forward in terms of quarterback, I j- I'm, I'm I just. I, there's nothing I need to see anymore that you, you pump fake your own running back. You pump fake <laughs> your own running back to the point where he jumps too early and he's not going to get to that ball. And I just, I mean, it's, we, it, the quarterback, the quarterback situation is, is, is what it's going to be. We all knew coming into the year. We didn't have anything to look forward to. I mean, we got excited. I got excited. I will, I will, I will definitely take, take, take that on the chin with Baker coming in thinking that he had a lot more to prove, but it's just, it just solidified exactly why Cleveland didn't give him the long-term deal. Uh, I will also say the create. You look at Cal Shanahan, right? He knows us very well. He's very familiar with our team. He knows the culture around here, so he's very familiar with that. So he knows how to play the tricks inside of Bank of America. Outside of that, as well, his schemes are just what you said is is what Panthers football should be. We've got some of the weapons to do that, but we need a coach and we need a coordinator that's going to provide those situations to make us flourish in that type of a game. We don't have that. Again, McAdoo called, I think, I, I mean, Shanti's, I, I agree with you. I think he did put together some drives there where you saw some promise, but overall it was a typical McAdoo showing. It was, yeah. it was nothing to jump, you know, to write home about. Mm-hmm. It was nothing for us to hang our hats on and say, oh, well, we, we at least see where we see some progress. There is no progress. It's the same old, same in, same out. I mean, we don't have a receiver that had a touchdown today. Zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our, our running again, straight through CMC and, and to Brock's point, he looks like he's beat up. I, w- I would be surprised if McCaffrey makes it to the bye week healthy without a scratch. I, I mean, I, I mean, like you said, I mean, the, the biggest difference is like we don't play complimentary football. I mean, we just that's, 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 that's as simple as it gets. And, and, and um, I really don't know what the fix is for this offense. I don't think that, like you said, Jack, earlier, there is no fix. This is this is what it's going to be for the remainder of the year. Uh, will it look better at, at certain spots? Yeah, maybe. Maybe if you get Sam in there, I mean, shoot. I mean, at least he's not shy about throwing interceptions. I mean, at least if he's going to throw the pick, it's going to look pretty. And we'll, at least, and, and we'll at least believe up until it gets picked off, damn, that's a nice ball. <laughs> 
was those, you know, that was Baker's one pick. There were multiple other ones that he was lucky were not picked off. Multiple other ones. And the thing is, he's like you said, waiting way too long. That first <clears throat> touchdown drive that where we missed the field goal, that third down play, a horrible call. I don't know where they thought that double reverse, that double screen was going to work. They tried that with Cam. It never even worked with Cam back at that point in time because you don't have the time frame to get that off. But Baker ran around for 45 seconds. And it, throwing it to no one, and that's when you get that sack, and you put Panero in, in, a, in, a, in a tough position. But I think the thing that can, the, that really makes me angry, Shantice, we were talking about it, you know, in, our, in the group chat. The offense, yes, play calling was, I mean, the bar wasn't set very high, but was better, arguably going forward. The thing that still upsets me is that I think you still see rules stamp on it all. Getting down to the red zone, doing nothing in the red zone, not taking those chances, getting field goals. You're down twenty-four to nine and you kick a field goal, and the only reason you're at that spot is because you blocked one and they missed another, easily could have been 28 to 29 to 9. 100%, yeah. And it was the third, and it's not like it's the fourth quarter and you're like, or it's, you know, early in the third quarter. It was like four or five minutes left in the third quarter. You need to start putting points together at very least, and it wasn't four, third and go, fourth and goal. It was fourth and like five. You still could have picked up a first down, try to get something, but instead you go for a field goal. After you just got one missed by a wide margin, I get you want to make sure you establish – you know, Panero's confidence and bring him back in there. But like, I just, the, the lackluster, these, these plays for McCaffrey, you know, these dink and dunks where he was getting all these hits right off the bat to where they weren't even looking for DJ. And when they were looking for DJ or Robbie, it was thrown at his shoulder. It was thrown above their head. It was thrown to the left, to the right, quite literally everywhere in the field, but, but where it was supposed to go. And that's where all this just boils over into just inconsistency and, and, and ineffectiveness. Yeah. Yeah, That Baker play, Oh, great, bro. Great, bro. Uh, that Baker play was the epitome of what he is as a quarterback. Like you've been saying for a couple of weeks now, he does not know how to go to his second or third read. He hung with that tight end screen or whatever that was supposed to be the entire way. He still threw it. He can't improvise and try to do something else outside of exactly what Matthew says in his year before that play. Every time he tries to, like, he tried to call an audible, I think, three times today, which is what I saw like him changing out of a play, none of it worked out. He cannot think for himself as an NFL quarterback. And if you don't have a cannon for an arm or some special ability that puts you above everyone else, you're going to continue to have these problems and lead the worst offense in the league. It's going to continue to happen. I wanted to bring up something you were talking about, Jack, about the check downs and him trying to check out. You guys just brought that up. Why wouldn't we run that play if they know that they're going to zero on a CMC? Why would we run that play with the DJ Moore? Why would we not put um, somebody back there to do some of those things instead of, again, relying on, on CMC? Give it a different look. Put CMC at a wide receiver just to run the play as a decoy. I mean, anything other than what we always do. Every time we line up, we look the same. I haven't seen us line up and look different. We either empty the backfield or it's Baker and, and CMC. It's really easy for any defense to come in and know exactly what we're going to do. There's no imagination. And I think that's where, like you said, that's why there's no, you know, you can see it both ways for Jeff Wilson. He was getting, and no, not even touched in that first level. There wasn't anyone hitting him in that first level because of the run heavy, you know, the speedy linebackers that we have, you know, prided ourselves on to get and stop all this stuff, but they can't even stop Jeff Wilson and Tevin Coleman coming back from the dead put up a hundred yards each on us almost, With but then you look at the, line. Exa- and, but then you look at McCaffrey as well. And 
they're loading up the box. They know exactly where McCaffrey's going. Fred Wilson almost murdered McCaffrey on one screen. And then that's the other thing Baker's pissed me off with. You're taking forever to lead them, and you then see guys coming full speed to DJ, to Teddy, or to um to Terrence, and to Shy, and getting them obliterated. It was so bad. I know we all saw how long it took him to get to that read. Like it was there. The the the, the play to DJ Moore. Was it probably a, was it probably avoidable? Probably not, but he could have got that ball to DJ a lot quicker. At least gave him a chance till he stick and move. Get mm -hmm. your guy got get your guy a chance. The one that shot, he didn't have a chance. I, I'm not even gonna lie. He nah. sent my dog, he gave my dog a hospital ball. It is it is what it is. But um I will say though, in the one time that we used for him, right? You I'm kind of shifting all key. You put McCaffrey in the slot. You at least made the defense think, oh, there's multiple threats on the field now. I have to actually think, oh, I have to adjust. Instead of just lining up with two tight ends, okay, two tight ends on the line, one running back in the backfield, heavy set. They're, they're going to run it probably up the middle. Two receivers, mm, eh, ain't, ain't too many rock combinations you got here that's going to scare me. No, you actually put him in a slot where we know he can be effective at. You put four in the backfield. You let your guy get a chance. You, you actually made the defense have to think about what you're actually going to run. Exactly. And it's coming from, and again, you, and it's the thing that upsets me so much is that the, there's so many examples of ways that what you're trying to do could be successful. Again, you have a team that has Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Jeff Wilson Jr., who was putting up numbers today, and Jimmy, who can yeah. still take off if he needs to in the red zone. And who was getting the red zone touches? Tevin Coleman, who's like pint-sized John Foreman that can catch a ball. And you tell me that you can't even think to put Foreman in on some of those situations. Not even put him in. And like you said, you want to run that double screen, Brock? Run yeah. the double screen not with a tight end or Ricci. Run it with, the, with Foreman, who literally showed you it with the Titans last year, exactly. that he can make people get hurt in downfield, in open field situations. He's going to run them over. And that's what just upsets me so much. Out of all the different things, it's just the – we know McAdoo is going to be stale. I, I I know that for a fact. Yeah. And the times he's tried to, but you know, things have kind of happened to where, you know, maybe like I said, Higgins got banished to the abyss because he fumbled that play again. You don't see him anywhere, but they're trying to murder our, our wide receivers. Like we have the depth to take care of that, which we clearly don't. But what really irks me is then when you get in the garbage time, and this was the exact same thing we saw with PJ last year, and the last census regime has started. Once it doesn't matter, once all the cards are off the table, we can call competent plays and get yards down the field consistently. PJ was looking like he was having a field day down there. And I get you can say whatever you want about, you know, yeah. who they had on the on the defense at that time. I don't care about that. They can have whoever they want on the field. But the fact that you now are calling competent plays, the line is the same. You're bringing in Marshall, showing he can do something. Shy was your leading receiver. <laughs> Shy was your leading receiver. Yeah. And you know what the biggest difference I see with PJ that I seen from any other other quarterbacks? Dadgum and my guys at least confident to pull the trigger. There's no hesitation. There's no way. Like, no, that right, he's coming out of his break. Boom, that ball's out. Whether it's incomplete, picked off, or whatever, he's at least gonna pull the trigger. I can't, you can't play this game half speed. You can't play this game with any type of inklings of doubt. Because at that point, you're getting guys hurt and you're making mistakes. And that's exactly what and that's exactly what was happening today. You got you're getting guys cleaned up and you're throwing pick sixes because you don't know if you want to if you want to throw the ball out of bounds or throw it to McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah. I would say this. I said the tail of the tape was that is just how the game started. San Francisco came out, six plays down the field, 66 yards, touchdown. We come out the gate, we get to forfeit inches, and we punt. It's a typical day. It's a typical day in the life of a Panthers fan as they played in front of a whole sea of red throughout the city. That was embarrassing. I think that's Dude. the biggest loss. 
off the field is the biggest loss. The picture that we posted on Panthers Nation of all the yeah. fans, it looked like a Niners tailgate outside of Bank of America. They yeah. made that Levi Stadium. That that's one thing that if if you see that as an owner, what are they talking about in these meetings? Are they not like do they not care at all? Because we have to be talking. If, if we are talking about this, what are the people doing the analytics and who do this for their everyday job thinking and saying in these meetings? Because and I can and I can excuse it with Cleveland. I can excuse it with New Orleans. The trip, the, the route. I can excuse it with Cleveland. It's not that far of a trip. It really isn't to come from Cleveland. I can excuse it because their fan base is ridiculous and will travel for no reason just to watch their team be mediocre. Although. <laughs> They must feel vindicated as hell with how they've been doing the last few weeks, barely losing to the Chargers right there. But the Cardinals and the 49ers are quite literally crossing the country. There's not that many San Francisco people in Charlotte, North Carolina. I can tell you that right now. There are not that many San Francisco transfers from in that area. And it wasn't even that they were in the nosebleeds. They were paying no. top dollar, which, I mean, uh, America right now probably isn't 50 upwards bucks. of $200. <laughs> yeah. they're, paying, they're paying. They're they're in the, the lower bowl. The lower bowl was a sea of red. And and, and then up at, past that, empty. There was no one there. And, I mean, I don't blame you. I wouldn't stay. I wouldn't pay money right now for this organization. My hard-earned money. I could tell you how much a meal costs right now. And I, I ain't paying the gas, the, the room and board, or anything to go watch what we put out on the field. I mean, I guess there's a good amount of San Francisco people, but I just still think that it's ridiculous to have that much in there. Yeah, and it's the product. It's the product. Like it's the product that we're putting on the field. Mm-hmm. The product, the product we're putting on the field does not make anybody want to come and spend their money, especially to an owner who's shown who's, who's really shown us that he could care less. He could care less what he has. He talked to all the big stuff about I want to allow mediocrity. I want to make sure that I bring some substance to the Carolinas. And he's done nothing of the sort. He's hiding behind Matt Rule, who's hiding behind Baker Mayfield, or hiding behind Teddy Bridgewater. And we are where we are. We are laughing stock. I wouldn't be surprised if we can't attract, like I was saying in the last segment that we did uh, last week, attracting people to come to Carolina is going to be the biggest. It's going to be the biggest hurdle. And we've talked about the issues with you know we've seen kind of inkling through in terms of like just almost ostracizing your fan base here in, in Carolina, whether it's, you know, putting in the luxury seating down in the end zones, now taking away the ability for anyone in that area to get those kind of seats. And instead you make them, you know, luxury boxes, you know, things like that, raising the prices for PSLs right now charging for amenities in the VIP areas that normally were free and doing those sorts of things to basically just like, like I said, you know, just connect yourself from the fan base to the point where they don't want to pay for these things. They don't want to come see this. And that's what, again, one of the things that was just truly, truly upsetting to watch from, from any sort of perspective. Um, yeah. I was going to say, just to reference that we're not saying PJ is a starter by any means, any leaps no, amount, but no, at this no. point, we're not a team that deserves a starting quarterback. I'm telling you that right now, we're not a court. We are not an offense that is worthy of a starting quarterback. Now we were talking to the group chat, Cam, Jimmy, Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Any, all of them could probably play better or are playing better than what we have right now, but you put them on this roster, you put them under this coaching and whatever is going on right now, they're not going to do anything. It can't be fixed. This, this issue cannot be fixed by one player alone. This is a wholesale operation issue this has to be it has to be scrubbed out from the top to the bottom i mean that again there's nobody we could have drafted nobody we could have signed that's gonna make matt rule look effective as a head coach that's the bottom line and like that that's the point we're getting to he knows it 
you can see the stress on his face. You, I mean, like you said, you pointed to earlier, bro. You can see the man's thinning. I mean, he had a whole full head, head full of hair, but that man, man, look, yeah, looking thinner than so, people's wallets right about right about so now, man. I know we talked about the offense, but can we talk about how our the middle of the field was looking like a Michael Myers field there as Kerry Kittle carved this up, Debo Samuel called carved this up. I mean. We might as well have had, you know, Duncan High and Cakes out there for linebackers today because the middle of the field was wide open. It was getting punished. It was getting it was getting picked apart on every play. It didn't matter if they were running, running across routes. It was, I mean, hell, the tackle could have gone out there and damn ran the ball up the gut if he wanted to. I'm going to tell you right now, Shaq, sorry, Shaq Thompson is a middle of the pad linebacker in the NFL. That's that's the point where, that, that's at where best. we're at now. At, yeah, best. At, at best, I think we've, We've waited long enough. I mean, shoot, we got he got drafted in 2015. It's 2022, and we still haven't seen you look like an elite linebacker, the elite athlete that we thought you were you you were gonna be coming out of Washington. And I know he was coming off an injury, but he's had a stretch of three games where he's looked like the viable guy that we got out of Washington. That's it. I haven't I haven't seen it since us, uh, especially since uh you know Keith's departure. We haven't seen the whatever the leadership is supposed to be in that in that linebacker room that's been the worst position on the field since keith has been gone that he was yeah. supposed to be the leader of that group and we've signed guys we, we i mean we, we can keep signing guys and signing guys but ultimately but we got a clean house with some of these and, that, and that's a bad contract now too that's that's another one of those bad contracts we have on our books now that we can't get rid of but we needed a guy that like knows the team a little bit like that's what i was saying last yeah. week with the veterans like relaying stuff to the younger guys that they don't necessarily take as well from an old guy who doesn't really know what they're going through right now. It's tough because we needed the veteran presence. Yep. And then Matt Rule decides to shoo it away because he wants him to prove himself. That's not how the NFL works. That's how college football works. We cannot keep doing this. Get Matt Rule out. That's all I got to say. We got to make the shirts. Can we please make the shirts? Because I'm. You got to make the shirts. Yeah, that that's honestly that would be a top seller. Everyone's <laughs> chanting it, or all five of the Panthers fans were chanting it today yeah. in the stadium. And this is where I get, you know, it's again the kind of the uphill battle that Fitter is having to fight right now. We know that, you know, uh, Gilmore probably didn't want to stay in North Carolina with the system put under, and I wish he would have stayed just a little bit longer, or we would have hired Wilkes a little bit quicker because I guarantee you, Wilkes probably would have stayed for Stephon Gilmore. Or, I'm sorry, Gilmore would have stayed if Wilkes was if he knew Wilkes was coming in. Mm -hmm. And there's that veteran presence you need right there because we saw the depth was hurting us. The depth was hurting us today. And you saw with Miles Hartfield back there and Sean, Sam Franklin, Sean Chandler, whoever you want back there. I mean, they were, it was brutal. And Burris, we, we love you, buddy, but you got to make that pick like that. Although Lord knows if, Lord knows that that would have mattered seeing how, what we did with the one takeaway we had today. And again, you get zero points off that takeaway and that is brutal in and of itself. But the thing that upsets me again is with Gilmore, that's someone you needed to keep there because outside of Shaq, you have no one that has a veteran experience on this team other than I guess you can call Dante your veteran. You bring in Ioannidis, but he doesn't have experience on this team in and of itself. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Dante is one of the older tenured players on this team in terms of for our defense, for guys that have been here long enough. You put what, other guys 27? in. Least, but that's what I'm saying. That's the issue. That's the issue, Brock. We don't know. Oh, you think of it, when you draft seven guys in, you know, seven to 12 guys on defense in two years and a good, what, 70% of them are still making an active you know, have an active role on this defense. It's yeah. ridiculous. And, and that's where I get the issue with Shaq. And that was something that was Herney from the get-go to you. Herney gives him the contract. That's fine. My issue again was in that point in time, we knew Shaq was not the main guy for this team. We knew that since yeah. Davis left, 
Keekley even was holding his own, you know, trying to Keekley was having to corral Shaq. He was one of the guys like, let's not act like Shaq wasn't one of the guys Keekley was screaming at there in his last year to the point where he decided to retire because he couldn't handle it anymore. So we knew Shaq wasn't going to be in, it was not going to be there. And there was linebackers. We let not, we didn't even look at, we just went bargain bin. We went, you know, we know we went scoop up for what we can get. And we saw, we see them have success on other teams. Yeah, that's Gilmore. Gilmore's still playing like a top cornerback right now on a team that is abysmal everywhere else in the field. And and you see guys that are negatively affected. Hartfield's getting moss. CJ Henderson is getting just Hartfield absolutely embarrassed on this. Yeah. And Hartfield, like, I'm not going to put, like, he's been a plug player for a while, but he's not a starter. He's not someone who's supposed to be no, going up against these guys. And no. I'll, I'll give it to you. You can't let Coleman do that to you. No. You can't uh, let Coleman do that to you. Nobody have some you pride. Are. You're the defensive back, bro. I swear to God, if if you are the, if you are, if you play corner safety or whatever, and you get lined up one-on-one with a, with a running back on the outside, he wasn't even the slide. He was on the outside. And you get dead like this, bro. We gotta have some pride, man. We ain't got NFL players in this locker room. That's the biggest issue, man. When, they, when that report came out, when those rumors came out that the Wills didn't think Sean Chandler was an NFL player, Sam Franklin was an NFL player, I think you gotta throw Miles Hartfield in that basket too. Because my God, how do you get beat by a, by a running back? And your defense line did exactly what you're supposed to do. You made him just throw it up. I don't think Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo had no idea he, that that was actually gonna be a, a catchable pass. No, he no, threw he just, a couple of those that was he wasn't even expecting to be catchable passes. And so Fitter, again, is just pushed into this hole of rule, wanting these hybrid linebackers that are small and can stop the run. But look at – I mean, again, you might not get it from Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb might have only gotten 60 yards, but look what Kareem Hunt did. You go – Saquon, he might not have put – he put up those yards. You keep going down the list of who's putting up. You're still getting run all over, especially in moments when it counts. But this is the thing with rule. He does not care about – the individual well, little statistics. He cares about that total run play and then the score. Well, the one thing about Rule is he he did exactly what we thought he would do. He hired somebody to be the linebacker coach that he had at Temple and that he had at Baylor who had no NFL, who has no NFL experience. You know, you talk about Shaq Thompson. Well, Luke Keekley made a whole lot of people look good when he played football. He made a, he made a whole lot of players become pro bowlers and become considered for second team because of what he could do on the field as far as being a captain and the general on the field and what he presented as, as far as you had to account, you know, you had to double team him and you had to account for him on every single play. So everybody else was able to free and roam and do what they could do. I would have loved to have seen a Brian Burns with a Luke Keekley. It would be a different player, right? It would be a totally different conversation. Jeremy Chen. Yeah, JC Horn, oh all these guys. Yeah, but look yeah, at how Derek Brown's playing now. And imagine giving Luke Keekley a Derrick Brown interior exactly. that defense. That's exactly what I'm saying. We can't even talk about that because nobody's ever going to get another Luke Keekley. No, no, that's no, no, not no. That's happen. a one of one. He's the smartest player in NFL history up there with Peyton Manning, those guys. He knows yeah. the game better than anyone in history. I don't even want to talk about that. No, but I said that to say, upset. I was saying that to say, though, is we have to continuously go back to this whole reality that Matt Rule has built a college team for our NFL team. Yeah, we yeah. have to go ahead. We have to go ahead and go get us some varsity letterman jackets and take off the NFL logos and just put us at the varsity level because that's what we play like. I mean, ACC's look at the coaches. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, you go up and down his, his coaching tree, Phil Snow, college, linebacker coach, college. Uh, the assistant, I want to believe, is college as well. He's somebody he knew from Baylor as well. So we've got a lot of plugs that 
we should have plugged in with some serious NFL knowledge who know the game, who know how to adjust, make adjustments at halftime, because we still got called up again in the middle of the field in the second half. We did not figure out the, you know, the ways of trying to circumvent that. We were routed on big play after big play down the field. C.J. Henderson is definitely a liability. No action. Jackson did exactly what I thought he would do thus far. He was no action. It, it, it is the most frustrating part of being a Panther fan. We can't keep our stadiums the same color. We can't keep our, our offense looking like it's a true offense because we can't get in the end zone. Our defense stays on the field as an offense for three quarters of the time. And our linebacking core seems to be as soft as putty. So for the sake of me, I don't see any sort of uh, spark for the rest of the year. I'm hoping to be a little bit more positive, but I'm, I'm really not seeing any positivity right now. And that's the pipe dream that, you know, I kind of have as a fan, like, especially in terms of you look, just like the connecting on offense too. I think the aggravating part is we have talent. We have raw talent, young guys on this team. Uh, literally 2015, 2016, I would have been screaming for the amount of guys on this defense. When we had people that were two steps away from retiring in Florida on our defense playing in the Super Bowl, I would have been screaming for a JC Horn because let's stop real quick. It, I mean, it doesn't matter if you can't cover anybody else, but J.C. Horn, for the most part, did incredibly well against Debo Samuel to the point where his name wasn't even called, and I would love it when I heard the Gamecock versus Gamecock. That is what you dream yeah. of as a South Carolina fan, especially a day removed from beating Kentucky. Just going to throw that in there as a shameless plug. But regardless, what is upsetting to me, again, like as fans, we know we're not going to, you know, we're not going to keep these games we're not getting, we're not favored in these games. We are not, you know, even the point, even close to favored in these games. As coaches, I understand you get every point you want to, but I would be personally more okay with losing if you went for those fourth and go situations. If you try yeah. to get those touchdowns in the end zone and you don't get them, to me, that may, is, is at least you're trying to score to prove that you can yep. score as a football team. Losing and getting one touchdown when you then get three or four other field goals, when you're in those situations, especially in a league now, let's not act like this isn't a league where 95% of the teams are going for it on fourth and five, yeah. as long as they cross the 45-yard line. Yeah. That's what we're seeing every week now. The, the line is pushing back farther and farther, and the margin is getting wider and wider. But we're still – I mean, he didn't even flinch on that third field goal try. He didn't even flinch to think, you know what? It's fourth and five. Maybe we go for it after shot. Or uh, I think it was Ricci, you know, tried to dive for as much as he can. He said, nope, field goal. It's what, 24 to 12? Nuh-uh, field goal. Give it to him. We're okay. Not even a second thought. And that, to me, is more upsetting because you're just giving – like, you know you're not going to win the game on field goals. No one's winning the game on field goals, especially when you've created this, 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 you know, um, precedent for not winning – for how many games was it now? 24? 23, 24 games when no, we put up 17 points. Right, 27. 27 now. 27 now. It's get it's south of 30. We know that, but it's getting real close to it. Where the minute you score 17 points, you know the game is over. Can we so just turn the TV off after that? Like exactly. honestly, so if, going forward. If that's the habit, then start then like Rule just knows that if he just gets these little victories, these little points to make it seem like I said, as long as the game doesn't look like it was solely his fault that he lost, I guarantee it's going to go on Baker this week in the press conferences. You know what? That pick six doesn't happen, guys. And we're right in there. That's seven points off the board. Panera doesn't miss that field goal. There's another three. We're right there. We're right in it. And we were super effective there that last four minutes when PJ was in. So just wait for it all to fill in. And I guarantee you we're going to get it. up. That's, that's exactly how it's going to go.
I, I, I will say I, I've seen this. I've seen this name pop up in the chat a few times. Uh, C.J. Henderson. Do we want to? We want to talk about him? Just, 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 just shed a little bit light on him for a second. He's, a, he's awful. It's pretty damn bad. <laughs> Terrible. Chris. I, I think. I think honestly. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go with it. I think honest to God, I, I like we all are, and we know this. I'm still. I'm more Ooh. disappointed in Dante. I really am because CJ was yeah. look at CJ is again, he's what third, thir- third year, fourth year player. And, but at, the draft, third year guy. and at the, at the pick he was, he was, he was given, you know, you expect more out of him. We didn't give that much money for him when we got him. And under Wilkes, I was hoping for a bit more longevity and I'm still waiting, you know, the whole season with Wilkes because he had those injury issues, at the beginning of preseason, you know, the off season where I'm, I'm not giving him excuses by any means, but who I'm putting more blame on because you knew JC was going to be your lockdown guy. Henderson should not be in those situations. He should not be getting put in those situations to where he has to make that play. Again, he is a piece that we've tried to put in. Dante is a guy you just gave however much of your cap to. Yeah. And without giving anything proven to, like, I get CJ's looking bad, but when has he proved, like, he's not giving me anything to think that he should be playing better than that, other than his draft. That's the only thing that's giving me the ability to think that he's going to be better than he is. When JC was out there, Dante did look a little better, but it it was more like he was getting people were getting like five yards of separation on him anytime he did get beat, which makes him look ten times worse than he is. I don't think Dante had the worst game, but he nah. he was the one that we had to count on in that kind of situation, and he didn't step up for us, and that's where yeah. we should be knocking him completely. Yeah, the yeah. biggest shout out goes to Damian Wilson today by far on the defensive yeah. side of the ball. He balled out the most out of the defense today. He's the one that pretty much I think was the leader today. Kept us in on a lot of the on a lot of the game, getting them out three three and out quicks, getting back there. You know, I think he got a sack today. Um, I think yeah. he had a couple of solo tackles where he was a disruptor. So I mean, you know, I think Damian Wilson is the biggest. But again, it goes back to what we've all been saying. I mean, from the beginning in that. There's, I think, honestly and truthfully, the defense is tired of carrying the team. They've oh, gotten yeah. to the point that they're be. like, you know, we might as well go out here and, and score because you can't. And, go ahead, and Jack. That's, and that's what the, the we always talk about it, capitalizing off of turnovers, capitalizing off of turnovers, capitalizing off of honest-to-God turnovers in offensive territory to where you only need – you always said, oh, you know, it's been trouble establishing drives. You don't need to establish drives. And the thing that irks me too is you get a turnover in the NFL. If you get a turnover in offensive territory, what is the one thing you're supposed to dial up that next play? Go for the the zone. And it just baffles me that we're all, you know, McCaffrey, get a halfback read, get us, get a, get an out route real quick. That just, it drives me insane because every single time we've had a turnover to the point where we're getting the ball and that's not been many. Because, you know, I've had a couple where there was a touchdown. You know, Frankie, I think that that was one thing you were talking, like you said, uh, Jason, that made me feel a little bit better. Frankie was out. Wilson stepped up. Next man up. Even And, you know, even, I mean, Littleton at least made a presence this time. He had a couple tackles and was at least at the ball. I'm still not worth what we paid for him. And when you have guys out there that you could have gambled for, like a guy, a guy like Raquan Smith, throw the money at him. The Bears don't yeah. seem to know what they're going to do with him. The Titans have eight eight linebackers that they can't even play half the time. Throw some money somewhere. And, and even, you know, you look at guys like the 49ers. I mean, they're still making people work off of second and third string. But so that's what I'm, the, the, the turnovers and every announcer knows it. 
every announcer knows that with this defense is carrying this offense. And at a certain point, the attrition is going to set in yeah. and it gets to the point where you're going to just keep getting run down. And it's always aggravating. Cause then it seems like once the offense does get that point, whether it's right up to the end of the second, second half or the first half or the beginning of the second half, once we get a touchdown or we get some positive points, finally, the defense is by that point. So just run down and finally they've honestly been sitting on the sideline long enough to get some rest so then they come out a little bit worse for wear. They are a little bit rusty when they come out, and there's another touchdown right off the bat. I mean, not you, used to being on the field for that off the field for that long. I mean, the thing about the NFL game is that there's only is a handful of plays that really tilt the scale in every game. Mind you, when you threw the pick six, it was ten to three. Exactly, and, and we had the ball coming off. Had the, the ball first. coming back out of half. Think, think about how much you just swing a game by making that just that one catastrophic mistake and i and, and i saw it in the chat i mean baker did give his guy some chances early on to make some plays and i that and that's kind of where i was leaning towards i like the play calling early because he did he did try to give the guy some chances but when your defense is doing all they can at this point and they've kept you in the game because jimmy g, i would be honest with you jimmy g was going to keep us in the game because he wasn't going to make the play to end it it took it took that Mosley pick six to, to really tilt the scale because I, I know Jimmy G like a book. He's not gonna do anything to win you anything. That's just not what that's just not what he's gonna do. It's gotta be did, that defense. But he did do one thing I did like about Jimmy G to speak on it because we were in the runnings to get him. The one thing I did like is the way that he managed the game. And I like the way he stayed even killed, even throughout the fact that we were getting back that we were putting pressure on him. I mean it wasn't as if we weren't getting to him. It wasn't as if we weren't falling at his feet. We were getting back there, and we, and we were making some noise. And he remained patient in the pocket. He made some good decisions. And he's very effective in the red zone. I mean, hell, he even had the goal to try to run it in on us. I was like, oh, my God, we're going to let Jimmy G run this thing on us in the red zone? Come on now. And, of course, but you know, the, you Oh, sorry. When the run game is as open as it is, you're you can be back there calm cool and collected all you want it feels good knowing kyle shanahan's going to give you the place what you need to do to succeed you see baker in the pocket and you see baker when plays break down it doesn't look the same as when as when jimmy g does it because he's freaking out he's looking left and right he doesn't he looks like he doesn't know what he where he is and that is having faith in a playbook and in the red zone you got to know the uh the niners are going to run the ball and they're going to keep running it down your throat especially when Damian Wilson and our guys have zero play recognition and can't get to an outside zone. It's absolutely insane. I love Damian Wilson. He stepped up today for Frankie Lubu and yeah, filled the role of making big plays and doing things to try to change the momentum. But when you can't snip out an outside zone, that like we can't stop the run at or we're never going to be able to with linebackers like that. It starts there. And that's what's so aggravating is because that's if, if we if what if it's to if, if it's believed to be true what was said in that Twitter thread that's the exact reason why we selected those guys and why Fitterer had his hands tied because Roland Snow wanted these smaller guys that were going to be better to start in the run and that's what is so upsetting to me is that they can't even do that so why did you spend all that money on them when you could when that cap could have gone to guys like Reddick and Gilmore who they didn't want to be here but maybe the reason they didn't want to be here is because obviously this coaching staff is not very hospitable for these kind of guys that these older veterans who don't need to prove themselves but for some reason our cockamamie coaches feel like every player no matter if they've been there a year or have been there for 12 years have to prove themselves talking about the quarterback situation we got the chat going off of it right now i'm gonna say for me you know i uh i don't i mean I, with jimmy g it's another thing where like obviously yes i think jimmy g jimmy g 
Marcus Mariota, I'm, I'm just going to say it, has not played poorly. And, I mean, he's got Arthur Smith as a head coach over there, so leave that as you, as you want it to. But I'm not entirely sure that, again, any of these quarterbacks, it's like I've said with rookie quarterbacks for forever. I think, like Dimitri said, Jimmy, would like you talk about a Brock and, and playing with the playbook, knowing the playbook, trusting the playbook, making work. What playbook is there for him to trust? I mean, if the playbook oh, is exactly. giving it, exactly. if the playbook is giving it to McCaffrey for a halfback <laughs> read on third and eight, then I can go there and do that. Give me a helmet. I can stay. I don't need to see over the lineman. I, I won't be able to see over the lineman. I don't need to because I can just hand it to McCaffrey or throw it right and know McCaffrey's going to be there within three, four yards and get him physically hurt even more. We keep putting McCaffrey in the situations to bang him up even more, and now you're doing it to every wide receiver. And the, the problem I hate is that, you know, G- Jimmy, again, in this pressure with this playbook, probably wouldn't have done too well. Marcus Marietta, we know, can't handle himself and that kind of stuff. I think, again, it's just this black hole that is our coaching staff that is not going to facilitate even C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. And let me tell you what, if Bryce Young is in here and he's getting hurt the way he's getting hit at Bama, yeah. he's not going to last two weeks behind our offensive line that let up seven, what is it, six sacks this week? Six sacks I think it was. Without Kim yeah. Law. And did Armstead play? I can't entirely remember. No, Armstead, Armstead was inactive. So but, you let him uh, <laughs> And Bosa was out. And Bosa was out. Yeah, Bosa left yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah, Bosa was out too. Uh, but there yes, was guys but, that I didn't even know making sacks out there. Exactly. My, my whole family's Niners fans. I watch all the games. I, I don't know any of those guys. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, back back to the question of uh, Michael asked about will we want Sam Darnold back? No, there's no harm in it. You're paying him 18 billion. Shit, make him earn it. I mean, I mean, make him make him earn it. I mean, look at this point, there's really no reason to keep going moving forward. Baker is isn't gonna get any better. I, the confidence level, I don't think he's it's not gonna grow with the with the more losses we take and the more he gets better. It's not gonna help. So at this point, yeah, play play Sam absolutely. I mean, I'm not like I'm not looking for anything to change. Me personally, I don't want to change. I mean, at this point, we're gonna be bad. Let's go all in on being bad. I've been waiting for this. For, I've been waiting for this for three years anyway. Let's tank it, tank it. Let's go because it, it's some quarterbacks out there that I much rather have than the guys that we have right now. I mean, give Sam a chance. I believe. I, I mean, I, I I believe he deserves a fair shake to at least get a chance on the way out. This is probably gonna be his last chance as a starter in this league anyway. Both of these guys. So by all means, bro, have at it. Listen, if he played for, if he plays anyway, anyway, like his Jets play with some heart, we could put Sam Donner in tomorrow. We may even win the game. Michael, I say with the O line again, I don't think they were that bad today either. I think there was a couple stupid penalties there, and again, you're going up against that front seven. I wasn't expecting them to be able to hold the line that quickly. The thing that pissed me off was again, you know, was was Baker's in, inability to make decisions when he had multiple seconds. Now, I, like, and let me track back because we said you know all the dump off passes. There's a reason to have those dump off passes because you know the blitz is coming. You know they're going to send four or five, and you're going to have to get it off somewhere. What upset me was when that rush was not coming. That was still the, the first thing he went to, and 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 in, t- in a game where you know that front seven is going to come down and you can't hold the ball for as long as he did, and the defensive backs on the 49ers, while they are able to make plays are still not top tier in this league and are, I cannot, I like, there was plays. I saw one of them where Baker threw it away. Shy had run a out route. It was a fake and he had it wide open right in front of his face and he just will not throw it. And so that's where I am, you know, a bit more concerned. And the thing that again, to Shantisa's point, and it's the point we've made every freaking year with these young quarterbacks to the point where again, like I again wanted hurts to sit for a little bit while we got this stuff figured out. I would have loved to have him. 
the thing that's going is, to is an issue is I, you know, last year I said it was the offensive line. We can't put a, a, a young guy behind this offensive line. I thought that was the case. I, I still believe it to be the case, but apparently even a veteran guy cannot put back there. The thing that upsets me is that we can't put a new quarterback in this offensive scheme, in this coaching staff. We cannot put a new guy there and let someone else be tainted by the just incompetence that is our offensive coordinator and rule right now. So Sean Tease's point, I hope they're, they are gone. The problem being is they keep making the mistakes to where, again, you could rule can displace some of the blame. That's his best talent. You want to know who he is as a coach? He is a spin artist. I keep saying he needs to find the pipeline to PR because yep. he can make any scandal look like it is a charity case. He would have been all over every single scandal that's happened in the NFL. Calvin really would be playing football right now. <laughs> he was their PR person. I can tell you that right now. So that's why I don't really like, I want to entertain that thought. And yes, we should not go out for Will Anderson, no matter how raw of a guy he is. I don't want to get another raw defensive talent. We have raw defensive talent. Even your tour was showing signs of life this week. He did. Oh, yeah. he, I think he heard he us. He looked pretty good. He looked pretty good. He looked pretty good. I think good he heard us. <laughs> I mean, he's out there making plays. Was he the one that blocked that field goal? Did they find out if it was him or Derek Brown? I think, I think it, it may was Brown. Oh, well, I was thought it, it was Brown at first too, but they, the announcers kept saying it was your tour. Oh, okay. look at, I'm Where's not going to give any money to Charles Davis and whoever that I cannot stand listening to him. I, I cannot stand listening to him. I've, I've, I've had it. I've hated him ever since they took and put him on Madden. I was like, who am I listening to right now? What yeah. is this in my ears? And he's the same way. Cause again, the minute that, uh, the minute Baker got sacked, he goes, well, you know, it's cause no one got open. No receivers are open. Stop throwing that rhetoric out there. Charles Davis. Stop it. I don't want to hear it. That's not true. So stop it. <laughs> But um, I think it was Yatur. I just off of sheer wingspan and body of you know body ability. Derek Brown, six I, five with the long arms. He but how he had to go through there? I think Derek of, Brown has one of the most uh, pass defenses in the league right now. I'm like he has two or three a game. He has he was tied with um, with J C Horn last week for pass defenses, which is well, that again crazy. might speak more to the defensive scheme we were running in terms. We all saw the play where Burns was was in coverage and J C was blitzing, which I'm not necessarily yeah. mad about. To be completely <laughs> honest, I'm not necessarily mad. I'd rather have Dante blitzing and keep J C in coverage, but yeah. J C's just sure, you know, his sheer ability as a as a as a athlete is enough to put it back there. And we've always wanted to entertain the idea of Burns. And Burns has wanted to entertain the idea. If, again, that threat is to be believed, he's wanted to go drop back into coverage. And with the linebackers we got right now, I say go for it. Here's another, here's another thing, though. I think tackling is a huge problem. We do not wrap up to mm -hmm. save our lives. We're so quick to go for the ball and try to tackle high that – it's like we're like we're ushering them. I mean, we were giving away first downs on buy one get one free bogos today. You get one, you get another one. Your next time out, like we weren't even. It was, it was, it was. I, I was very, very surprised at that part of it, where our physicality has gone away from the tackling and being able to be one of those really strong defenses to stop the run and all of those things. Now we're trying to tackle high, trying to do. We want to be the next person to strip the ball. We want to be, you know, we want the new highlight film. We're not playing fundamental football in that way and that and that to me also is signs of discipline right we talk about this team and discipline and being a disciplined athlete those are huge aspects i think that we're missing that we used to have when rivera was here right rivera yeah. would have put up with this mm -hmm. no we're like a pop order team today that was sad did you see uh, cj henderson's effort on that last touchdown from mm -hmm. i almost broke my tv i was so mad he 
ran by him, gave him a little, like, I thought he was just going to lay his shoulder down and try to knock him out of bounds, which is what you do in that situation when his momentum is carrying him towards the sideline. He ran right past him like it was one of those drills where you're trying to get the edge on someone. He just tapped him on the ass and let him go right into the end zone. That was one of the sorriest attempts I've ever seen from an NFL player trying to tackle someone. C.J. Henderson should never see the field. Hey, what did Keith Taylor do? I need to know who he upset in in that, in that locker room as to why he's not playing because there's no way you can tell me that C.J. Henderson keeps deserving to have chances of getting flagged for pass interference call that continuously move, keep drive keep drives alive and get and end up resulting in touchdowns and Keith Taylor can't even get a sniff out of the, of the field is he is he injured I mean I, I that's only that I could think of at this point that as the reason why he's not playing I mean. But I see no reason it's not to let, let, let him get a shot. Higgins. It's the same reason we don't use Dante Foreman. It's the same reason we don't use weapons that make sense to make to make plays for us. I, I don't understand it to save my life. I, I really have no other explanation other than Rule has his list of favorites, and they're going to play no matter what. Yeah. No matter I what. Think, I don't even think it's a favorite thing. I think, you know, I'll I'll play the conspiracy angle here a little bit and give Matt Rule a bit more, you know, credit up here than I probably should. But at this point in time, again, he doesn't want to take risks. He wants to say, I'm going to continue to do what I do, as, even if it doesn't work, because if I put someone else in there and they are successful, then what have I been doing the whole time? What have I been sitting there on my fingers, twiddling my thumbs doing to say that, you know, that these guys haven't been good enough to play when they show you clearly that they're good enough to play. He doesn't want to throw that out there and show that he's been making the wrong decisions. It's why we've kept guys in there for so long that don't deserve to be there. You can't even tell me what Phil Hoskins and Bravion Roy are even doing right now because they have shown no signs of life at any point in time. It's why we kept, it's why we keep these guys around for so long when they show that there's nothing that they can do. Because if you waver from that, there's no reason Higgins shouldn't have played today. LaVisca's out. You need that guy. T- Terrence also didn't play. That's the thing. If Terrence played, I'd be all right. Cool. At least Terrence played. No, he Terrence didn't play. Didn't play. Yes, I mean, he he, no, he he played a lot more considering what yeah, he has been yeah. getting. He got yeah. a lot more burn. But we're at the point in the season now already at one and four where I'm like, let my young guys get get, get some burn. Like, bro, I'm cool. I'm cool off Robbie Anderson. I was wrong about Robbie. I was wrong about Dante. I admit, I'm a man. I can admit that. Let's just just roll, roll with Terrace, roll with Shy, roll with Keith Taylor, roll with all the young guys that you drafted, and at least let them get a shot. Because at this point, while we'll be paying, I mean, you know, I, like I said, they ain't getting none of my money. I, that's all I can say. I mean, yeah, if y'all still go to the game, that's on y'all. But they ain't getting none of my money to pay for that, man. I ain't, I, I, I can't do well, it. You don't have to worry about it, Shantice. We're gonna have next person in, next team inside. It'll be their new home field. They have two extra home field uh, <laughs> uh, advantages throughout the season coming to North Carolina, coming to the bank because we're not buying tickets. We leave. What was it? The end of the third quarter. I think half of the t- half of the crowd was was gone. You looked at what fourteen minutes left in the fourth. And it was, I mean, it was atrocious. It was so many empty seats. It looked so disrespectful. I mean, if I'm on the sideline and I'm playing and I'm turning around and I see that, what does that make? How does that make me feel as a player? Right? My own home doesn't even want to sit here and watch me play. As far as, you know, that goes, I mean, Tepper is too concerned about you know, painting, making sure the end zones are painted, even though we spend, as far as, you know, that goes, I mean, Tepper is too concerned about, you know, painting, making sure the end zones are painted, even though we spend very little time inside of that end zone. We want a different end zone each and every week, even though that, you know, we're never in them. What I'll say though, I, to, to your point, uh, Shantice, 
I'd actually say Robbie, you know, hasn't been a, as big of an issue. I mean, he's getting about as much productivity as he has been, and he did catch a few, you know, balls downfield. But again, if, if Baker's not going to get it to anybody, I mean, that's true. I, you know, Shy was getting more more calls, but we also know Shy and DJ's route trees are a lot more susceptible to what Baker's been doing. Robbie, we know, is really just good to run a, a wind sprint down the field or a skinny post and get there where he needs to get there. And he did that a few times if Baker put it on him. You know, there was one where he put it way behind him or way out of bounds, and I don't think Robbie's going to make that. But there's been nothing to me that it, it's kind of like the C.J. Henderson thing. I think there's no reason for C.J. to be out there because of what he's been doing. But I haven't seen anything from Robbie to make me think he's going to play any better than he has been but or to the money that we're going to give him. But – at that point in time, again, if they're not going to put if they're not going to put Terrence in there or actually give you know give him a role that's going to allow him to be to be successful, they're just going to put them in there for where they can. I mean, I like seeing Shy in there more. Don't get me wrong. Probably you know on any on another team would not get this much playing time. Oh, yeah. I would have to say, Probably not. and and, Probably not. and that is a concern in of itself. But honestly, neither would Robbie, and and neither would Terrace at this point. Like we don't have a guy like that. But the thing is, we've never had guys that have been gonna, that are going to be starters on other teams. Even going back yeah. to the Super Bowl era, we were still running with Ted Ginn in the law office that Cam had to play with. So, like, again, if you have a good coaching staff that can facilitate it, you can make yeah. that happen. Aaron Rodgers, again, is Aaron Rodgers, but is making Romeo and Juliet and and whoever out there and Hazard marks look like all pro wide receivers, even while they're losing to the Giants. That's Aaron yeah, Rodgers, I mean- though. Yeah, it is. That's right. And but, the, but at I, least under, I don't think it's the coaching. Oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead, man. Uh, I don't think it's the coaching staff whatsoever. With that, that's like a top three quarterback of all time. But I think what Matt Rule's trying to do is plug a guy in like Shy Smith, and then if he ends up doing what what uh, outstanding, he's going to be like, "What do you mean? I brought you him. I I'm doing all yeah. these good things for you, bringing you players that you wouldn't have thought to, oh, exactly. uh, to put in." They, I think he's gambling which is playing it safe by not uh, trying to uh, override himself with the Richard Higgins uh, sitting him on the bench. But I do think he's gambling on a couple guys to make him look real good. And so far it's really not working out. I, I mean, my biggest issue is that the guys that we have can't be productive anywhere because we've seen it with Teddy. If Teddy can get you two receivers over a thousand, and then you had, you had four guys who total over a thousand yards a year. Teddy was here. I I don't think it's an issue of whether these guys can actually play. I think it's more so of an issue of maybe we didn't give Joe Brady the credit for some of the things he was doing offensively. Now, he did miss on some things, and I ain't saying I want Joe Brady back, but he had more concepts and things that were useful. We we knew we could move the ball in between the 20s at the very least. We knew we could. The red zone's been an issue right. since, the, since the Matt Rule era started. That's been the issue. But from 20 to 20-yard line, we can move it up and down. At this point now, we don't, we can't even figure we can get it past, mid, get it up to midfield if we start from all on twenty five. So yeah, no, it, I think I, no, no, no. You made you made you made some great points there. I, you know, it's 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 not necessarily the person. Well, I tell you, let's put it this way: Teddy Bridge was a different animal, and that Teddy was a little bit more versatile than a Baker Mayfield, right? So if you put Teddy in that situation, I think we crapped out on Teddy Bridgewater a year too early. I think we should have kept him an extra year to give him a little bit more semblance in that. I would say Joe Brady catches most most of the, the flag for is because he came from college. If he would have been another pro OC doing that, we wouldn't have mm-hmm. had the same sort of 
conversations around it. What about, well, he's introducing a new system into a new organization. With the Joe Brady coming in, now you're saying, oh, he did all of this at LSU, but he hasn't proven anything at the professional level. And that's where I think Matt Rule has gotten himself into more trouble than anything. And that he's so hell-bent on making his Baylor 2.0 and Temple 3.5 that he can't see past his own his own issue. I wish he was like Saban and Petrino. I wish his ego wasn't so big and he would just leave. I, I wish that as well, because like I said, we talk about all these issues and, and, and the fact that that he was the sole reason. Like we all say, you know, oh, we bit too early. We were so mad. But he was facilitating it and setting it up to where, not by what he said, but but why where he did not take credit or where he tried to displace blame is where we thought, okay, Joe Brady is not doing what we need to do. Teddy Bridgewater is not connecting there. Even Cam is not doing what he needs to do. And we all know damn well that Cam was not supposed to do those things that we wanted him to do. We didn't think he was going to be there at that point with the time frame he was given. We were just excited to have Cam back at all. And and then you see Matt continuing to push that envelope. Where you're right, Brock, he is gambling. He's He has been flying by the seat of his pants the entire time he's been there and going from decision to decision without any sort of semblance of a chain of thought or, or logic into why he's making these decisions. We've seen it time and time and time again, guys going off and then making success out somewhere else. You know, again, we talk about Denzel Perriman leading the league in tackles at one point in time, all because there was a communication issue. And you can talk about that all you want. Or Carlos Dunlap literally wanting to play for you, but you wanted to prove himself as a guy who's been one of the top 10 defensive tackles there in the last, you know, 10 years or so removed from that. And yeah, he might be older, but that's what you don't see from teams like the Bucks or the Rams or the Titans. You think if Von Miller... If they if the Bills told him hey, you got to prove yourself on this team, you think he'd be sitting in, in Buffalo right now? You think he would have left LA to go to Buffalo? Absolutely not. Respect your elders. This is the precedent you set for yourself, and there's a reason why these older guys are leaving, and you have a very young team because you're right. He wanted to create this college team. He wanted to create this college environment to where you don't need to score inside the red zone. Get big flashy plays. That's what happens in college. You get big flashy plays where you get guys like you, you get guys running 60, 70 yard runs as a quarterback who look like many Josh Allen's out there or Kirk cousins out there. And they're running all that way down the field. And you would think with the way that overtime is in college, that he would be well-versed in scoring points inside the red zone. I would love to see what a Baylor overtime game looked like. I would have loved <laughs> to look at that, but I think going forward, as we wrap up, we take a look at LA I can't figure out the NFL right now anymore. The Cowboys look like Cooper Rush is the MVP. Rams are falling off. The Dolphins are losing to the Jets by 30 points. I don't know what to say right now, but what do we think this game's going to look like against LA? Who wants to go first? You I, can I go first? I, I got something. I got something. A resident West Coast correspondent. Tell us what yeah, you believe here. I, um, I believe that we are going to get – shown up all my friends who are, are rams fans following them like crazy they know I, they know something we don't because they feel calm like it, it's all calm over there they know that sean McVay can get them through the tough situations and if these coaches the, the past four weeks have been dicing us up what do you think the guy with the photographic memory is going to do i think he's going to remember cj henderson tackling someone every third down when in an important situation so oh if that really is what is going on just throw it up to them there's going to be some decisions made that are going to make the rams look real 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 good against us they uh we saw how the cardinals played us and we saw how the rams played the cardinals i don't know if that's any indication of what's going to go on here but 
we aren't going to get embarrassed by a team who just made Cooper Rush look like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say um, his name is Aaron Donald. And that's <laughs> yeah. all I got to say. That's it. It's pretty cool. That's, I, I mean, I don't even have to <laughs> – we don't even have to talk anymore after that. Matthew Stafford probably throw for about 300 yards. And then Aaron Donald's going to have a field day. See, that's my thing. If we don't make – I'll let Shantese wrap it up. If we don't make Matthew Stafford look – if we make him look uh, like he did last year when he's been playing atrocious exactly. in terms of – he's been able to put up yards, but he looks – he's Kirk Cousins yeah, yeah. out there. His shoulder yeah. has got to – it's going to go. So we yeah. can't provide pressure against him, create turnovers against him like I've been saying all year. We still didn't really do it this week. Had two sacks, I think three quarterback hits or something like that, maybe three or five. But if we can't do that for Matthew Stafford – I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my mind. And I'm going to say that that I think there's got to be a point in time where we start questioning, you know, the coordinator in the middle of the year isn't very common, but with the way that this Rams game could go, especially with an offense that can be stopped, we've seen it be stopped. Don't tell me the Cowboys are a Super Bowl team back there at the fan. But if we, if we make them look like a team that can't be stopped and make them look like they did week one, Phil Snow's got to go at this point. He's got to go. If there's a 28th game, 29th game, 30th game, where we get let up 17 and we cannot win that game or even match 17. I, th- I want to see what that stat is. I don't care about how many games we could win giving up 17 because that can be tough. I want to see how many games where you can score 17 <laughs> and at least tie up the game. I want to see how many times we were able to because that is probably the same number. Here's the thing, right? This is a legacy game for a lot of people. Matthew Stafford can rewrite the entire – his season has gone down to crapper. He's looked more like a stat passer than, than, than the guy we saw last year. You feel me? I, look, this is a game where, oh, I know for a fact somebody's going to gonna write the ship on their season. They look bad over there in L.A. I mean, they look like they look, they look lost without Odell there. They don't have a number two option to Cooper Cup. But they'll figure it out that week. McVay, look, if, if there's any week you're going to figure it out, it's got to be against Matt Rule. You can make you can make a lot of money playing the Carolina Panthers each and every week because here's the thing, you go make plays. Jeff Wilson running for, running for 120 yards on us. This man played at University of North Texas. You feel me? Somebody gonna get paid that day. Aaron Donald's gonna have a great day. Cooper Cup, my God, he'll he'll get to work against C.J. Henderson and, and and Dante Jackson. That'll be fun. Well, Allen <laughs> Robinson will get his career reviving game this week. I can tell oh, you yeah. that right now. He'll have Darryl four touchdowns, huh? Daryl Henderson is gonna. We, we're gonna make him look like vintage Todd Gurley. Cam Akers, gonna, Cam Akers is gonna come out. Every fantasy manager <laughs> is gonna be adding Cam Akers after this yeah. game. I can tell. Van Jefferson's gonna get gonna get comeback player of the year after this hey, game. Hey, look, man. If you're a betting man, take the over. And if you're playing fantasy, check and see who's on the schedule next. You guys gonna make a, somebody gonna win some good play. money today. I would definitely play the L.A. Rams defense next week. Oh yeah! Oh absolutely! I would, I would yeah. definitely play. play, play I would play the Tyler LA Higby at this point. George Kittle wasn't even the guy oh, that was goodness. getting a lot of oh, the yeah. receptions tonight. You might but, even pick up Everett. You might even go in and pick up Everett. Everett to get a couple for you in the red zone. He's gonna be but, routing up Shaq Thompson. That's for sure. Jesus but Christ! To, but to but to but to round this back out, like I said, I think we'll continue to see. You know, I think we'll continue to see some sort of semblance of competency as we continue to have from defense i think the defense again will hold its own because the rams have had some issues there at the beginning of the games as well i think if you get at there fast and at this point i think it's just at a certain point jc's going to start running i think burns is burns is making his name and I, I i cringe every time i see burns make a play because it only continues to boost his resume to get yeah. him shipped out of here and that is the last thing we want or need right now but at this point it's getting to that it's getting to that level it's getting to that issue right now 
But I think that, you know, we'll be able to create some pressure. The run game doesn't scare me as much, depending upon how things have looked. I can't still get a read on their running game right now. But in these two-back systems where there's not a, def- a definitive number one other than Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley, they have been putting in work against us. And I think that's going to be – it's going to be very – I think very similar to this 49ers game where they're going to get a touchdown. Defense is going to – it's going to, you know, strap up, get things together make some, create some turnovers, you know, strip sack Stafford or, or get a, a, you know, an errant pick somewhere and try to hold some, but then there's going to be too many weapons on the offensive side. JC is going to go up against, you know, Robinson or whoever he's, or I mean, against cup and whoever he's going to go up against. I think the middle of the field will be wide open, just like it's all, it's been all year. And Van Jefferson's going to have a field day with that. Um, or Allen Robinson's going to have a field day, but I think that, you know, that's how it's going to go. And we're not going to do anything to account for the front seven push of the Rams. And Corey Littleton is going to be sitting there wondering why in the world he left LA to come here. Yeah. yeah. Icky better eat his Wheaties. He's going to have a long oh, Sunday. Poor, I feel so bad for Icky. I'm going to say that right now. Like I know we expected a lot from him. And I think that that was just a little bit of home, you know, hometown well, fever there. He gets Bosa. He gets Aaron Donald. Miles Garrett. He gets Miles Garrett. Garrett and and then you know what I mean, dude. I mean, welcome to the NFL, buddy. Yeah. He's had yeah. one of probably the worst, one of the toughest starts going forward. So I'm still holding on to some of these positives, trying to buy a string, buy a string. I'm not gonna say it this week. Keep listening, keep waiting. We I mean, we're not pounding really right now, so just <laughs> just stick around. I don't know what's gonna happen, but guys. Thank you again for coming on to our live and tuning in. We're going to have this episode up here in the next few days. Again, all of y'all, thank you for coming on and listening to us babble and rant incoherently about the psychotic nature that this team has put us in. Uh, but again, thank you all for listening. We're going to have more of this going. We have another another 4 o'clock game. I'm getting kind of hey, tired man. of these 4 o'clock games. I don't know. Oh, I can't tell. I'm, waiting. I I'm just. I'm, yeah, I know. You, AI you don't, you know, great. You don't yeah. have to look at 9 a.m. anymore. You can wait a little yeah, bit. He's exactly. reporting it's 5 o'clock when he's done here. Yeah. But um, but until then, y'all, keep waiting. And sure, why not? Keep pounding. Fire rule.